This is the TV Soup Podcast covering Marvel's Daredevil on Netflix, Season 1, Episodes 5 and 6, World on Fire and Condemned. So uh, we're getting into Daredevil pretty deep now. We're about halfway through the series. Um, by the way, anybody who's managed to get this far and turn on the show has to assume that there's going to be spoilers, I would hope. But we'll just let you know that we're going to be talking about uh, Daredevil through Episode 6. We haven't seen any further. Spoilers. Um, there may be a spoiler bouncing around in someone's head, but we won't let it slip, I promise. Um, so... Episode 5, World on Fire of Daredevil. I like how are the episodes that we're watching are paired up and they kind of go together, right? It feels like a part 1 and part 2. They don't do anything as cheesy as to be continued. But just the end of episode 5 and the very beginning of episode 6 is essentially the same scene. Yeah, I think we're rolling the dice the right way right now. Um, you know, if you were to pair any of these episodes together, there's always something that could carry over to the next episode. But in general, the way that we're currently doing it seems like the right way to me because every time we do two, then the, like you said, the, there's sort of some kind of interim, intermediary thing that is then resolved by the following episode. However, the, the trailing episode, the final one in that pair, is generally uh, resolving in such a way that there is something else that needs to have to happen outside of uh, the universe that we're introduced to in the first two. Right, that is sort of what happened in uh, two and four. Now in six, it feels almost like more of a wrap-up because when you're done with it, the Russians are pretty much gone, so Claire is out of immediate danger, and he now has a new name and like a new mission to go and investigate into Fisk more. But, you know, we go back all the way to episode five. And one of the cool things uh, that we get to see with Matt is that he still has more abilities, right? Or more ways of using his senses in ways that we wouldn't necessarily have thought of. So I kind of like to keep track of all this stuff. We've brought up a bunch of them already. But so we can add to the list the fact that she sits down and she opens the cut on her back. And immediately he can taste the copper in the air from the blood. And he's like a shark, you know, just sensing that stuff immediately as soon as it's in his... Uh... Now, it's it's not out of the realm of possibility to be smelling blood. Like, I can smell blood. Sure. You know, anybody can. You know, we're, or he we said are, he tasted it, though. We are carnivores. Yeah. You know, so I think some of that's kind of built in. Yeah. So, like, when when something is, like, dead or dying, you, you kind of you can smell that smell. Uh, I know our senses aren't as good as dogs or or someone that's more in touch with the the very visceral like primary. Yeah, we're so visual that we don't realize that our, like our sense of smell is still very strong and it's inc- it's very closely attached to your memory. Yeah, and so smell when you and smell taste something, you'll remember similar. things that you know you don't even realize that you right. were thinking of. So in him saying that he tastes it, he he really means it's a strong smell. And those, those senses are connected. They are. They are very connected. And he can hear the bones inside someone's body. So he can hear if it's broken and it's rubbing up against each other. That's crazy. Or if it's just a, a fracture. Yeah, that's insane. So and it's interesting, too, because right at the beginning, uh, it seems what they do in this show is they'll 
callback to the episode title, either at the very beginning of the episode or the very end of the episode. Uh, or it's possible they don't reference it at all, but I, I see that a lot. Like, they had Rabbit in a Snowstorm, and that was only at the very end of the episode. And this one is The World on Fire, and Claire asks Matt what he sees, and he says he sees a world on fire. So, and he said Vision of Flames. So when he says that, um, are we are we basically just thinking that, that that's a representation of all of his different senses, and not him actually seeing something that he's actually getting a visual that's just not very good or or does he have some vision and it was just really screwed up by I think he's building a picture in his mind. Yeah, I don't think it's real vision. Which they they then uh later on in the episode when Foggy and Karen are talking and they're on their little date and they're talking about how Matt feels someone's face to sort of get an idea of what they look like. This is a little date like he's belittling their relationship already before it's even begun. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not a full date because they got it blown up. But yes. I, you know, more power to him. It didn't work out very well. She's way out of his league, but he's a lawyer, so go for it. Well, she did like all, like you know, was covered in blood, almost killed someone, almost well, She is convicted. a vampire, don't forget. Yeah, and she's a vampire from uh uh Bon whatever the hell that place is called in True Blood. Yeah. So bon he, he should be watching his back. Uh, no, I, I totally agree with you. Um, if we're talking about the the world on fire, um, obviously that means more than just the picture that he sees in his mind when he's uh, looking at, I guess the um, the different senses and what. Right when he's interpreting what's around, I think it's a clear metaphor for what he views the world as, how what he sees going on around him no that that's the number one you know, thing. the things happening the, the, not necessarily viewing objects the metaphor is what's happening in the city right uh, exactly because it's on fire it later on it certainly is literally right that that is that is actually the because the world we're talking about is this particular little borough of uh new york city Right, it's like a little part of Manhattan on the, I think the west side of Manhattan. The so the world is literally on fire, and uh, I mean it extends to every part of this episode because, uh, and the, and the, the trailing one, uh, or the one after it rather, because, um, because everything that he knows and all his connections and uh, everything with Fisk and and all his connections, everything is burning and being destroyed. Yeah. So I'd love to see a Grand Theft Auto uh, based around here because it's the kind of, you know, seedy town that would be good for Grand Theft Auto. Oh, there'll be a mod somewhere. <laughs> and you'll get to go to the, uh, to the you know, paint shop and they'll spray the brains off of your car for you. That's a nice little feature. And I know that later on in the episode, um, the guy goes and tells Vladimir, yeah, they went to the shop and they were spraying the brains and stuff off of the car. But they actually, in the very beginning of episode five, they do that. They're in the shop. They're, that's when they kind of get together, the cabal. I, I don't know what they're called, but it's uh, Miss Gao and uh, Owsley, the accountant, and Fisk. Um, and then I don't know who the other guy is. It's these like uh, these like vice presidents. Yeah, these like these heads of criminal parts of criminal organizations, right? Um, so yeah, where they got together was like literally when he was washing the brains off of Vladimir, or not Vladimir, but Anatoly's brains off of the car, and he beheaded him 
with the car door. Decapitated. Decapitated, beheaded. I, th- I guess we're not watching Grand Theft Auto or uh, Game of Thrones. I think beheaded is like a is like a swift motion of a sword or guillotine. Okay, that's yeah, what it's that's, yeah, that's what I was. But I mean, a car door is not that different. So you're saying that Theon decapitated the guy; he didn't behead him. Yeah, because he could not get the sword through. But a car door is not that different. I mean, it's got sharp edges. You know, it's uh, I don't know, it's kind of like a guillotine. After watching that, I played uh, for my buddy a bunch of. A scene from uh, Snatch when Bullet Tooth Tony is doing that to a guy's head. I love that movie. Yes. He uh, does it twice in that movie. But yeah, so Fisk uh, so ruthlessly just go ahead, goes ahead and decapitates the guy in his car door. Right. And, and neither him nor uh, Wesley are really bothered by this at all. So obviously this behavior happens all the time. But Wesley the- makes a face like, I think I'm supposed to be making his disgusted face here, but... I really don't care. But the cabal, as you refer to it, and I think that's fine with me. I don't. I don't know if there is a name yet, so, um, or if there will be. So when he goes to visit the other uh, heads of state, as it were, uh, they express distaste, but they actually value him because he is probably one of the only people among that group, that person, the little group there, yeah. that could actually like commit the violence <clears throat> himself. It seems like the other ones are, are, you know, managing people. Right. But not, not really, like, going out and, and kicking people's They're, asses yes, and killing they, them. Yes, they respect slash fear, like, what he'll do. So he's definitely feared by them and sort of possesses a, um, you know, a pretty profound strength. Yeah, and he still kind of acts like he's giving everyone an equal share still. You know, instead of taking the Russians' business, he's going to split it among everyone else. Good point, but, you know, they have to be thinking, oh, is he just going to kill all of us slowly? Right. Like, (laughs) what else does he have going on that we don't even know about? I wonder if they'll all gang up against him or if they're all just more tightly by his side because of what happened or or maybe just trying to to not say anything wrong or if they're going to try to kill him because they don't want him to keep doing that to them. I mean, there's a lot of scenarios here. Yeah, but I believe that they still... Respect the don't say his name rule. And, like, he'll say other people's names, like, yes, Mrs. Gao or Madam Gao, whatever they call her. And I was, like, they'll, he'll, they'll call everyone else by their names, but they still won't say his So name. they're all still afraid of him. I think so. Which means he must have done something that was so profound earlier. Yes. Maybe we'll find out that, like, some kind of backstory. Like yeah, there some... was no flashbacks in either of these episodes, which we've had a bunch of them well when we watch like better call saul or some of the other shows that we watch a lot and there's tons of flashbacks and this, this that's show, kind of rare i don't think there's usually that many flashbacks in most shows sure and this show actually had a, a number of flashbacks but only in the first couple episodes when yeah. we were getting to know matt yeah um and lately it's all been current events and only current events right i i hope that we see more flashbacks i'm looking forward to that I'm, but I'm saying I'm looking forward to more than just Matt. I, I want to see some from other characters. Yes, definitely. I mean, I'm sure that we'll see... If there's flashbacks, I'm sure that we'll see Matt. But it would be cool to see some of Fisk's uh, flashback. I mean, if there's any of that, that'd be really I don't really think we'll neat. see like his childhood, but maybe... Uh, just <laughs> find out how he became... They're not going to flashback to like 12-year-old Fisk in science class? Oh, my God. like a hamster or something? Not being any, not being <laughs> any less awkward. <laughs> Gomer Pyle. Oh, man. 
so there's a really cool shot that they do. Uh, Matt is trying to find the Russians to track him down to help out Claire. Right. And he tracks him to this warehouse and he sees that. Um, all right. So there's, there's this guy in the cab. And what you see is a camera basically next to this guy. And it just keeps rotating around the cab back and forth. And you see at the back window and the front window. And you view the fight that Matt gets into from this angle all the way up until the guy in the back seat getting shot by a stray bullet. Yeah, pretty cool. And it was a very cool scene. It kind of reminded me of a scene from True Detective that was all just a one cut scene like that, where the but it was like a six minute long crazy action sequence. It's funny you talk about like everything being done before, etc. And and these shows and that wasn't the first time that did that that happened either. Well, these shows like Daredevil, they have a big enough budget to be able to explore options that are interesting, and. I just think it would be so neat because I, I imagine like every kind of um, of angle has already been shown on some kind of broadcast, but it doesn't mean that you can't put them together in a very unique way. Can you imagine these guys um, having the budget they have, which isn't amazing, but it's it's. Well, no, it is amazing. I mean, I mean, it's a lot of money compared to a lot of. It's enough money shows. to do whatever they want, really, and. The fact that they are able to, um, you know, pull pull off all this as it is is really impressive on a network like Netflix that still gets seen as a as a small network, even though it has a large portion of you know TV watchers. Yeah, well, obviously Marvel put a lot of money towards it, um, but I'm seeing here that Marvel put uh, Marvel and Netflix are spending two hundred million dollars to make all of the different shows. Yeah, uh, Daredevil, Iron Fist, Jessica Jones, and Luke Cage. So if they both have, and then there's the Defenders, which I believe is all of them. So if they both have twenty, if they all have twenty episodes, then it's something like a million dollars per episode. The sixty different episodes total for two hundred million dollars, which is way more than a million dollars an episode. So then it's like three point one million. Three point three three, which is about half the budget of Game of Thrones right now. So what we should expect probably Which is definitely in the upper ten to five percent of all T V shows. Yeah. So so they don't have a fledgling budget and they are able to do those things like sit in a room and consider which shots would be best or take six different shots and pick the one that's better. Yeah. So uh that's awesome. It is always better. Always better uh, for a show to have a bigger budget, uh, as long as you have good people working for it, and now basically we get the judgment of these really good directors and writers uh, as to what they want to shoot, right? And then they can actually do what they want to do instead of having to compromise. Yeah, and well, that- just to compare a few different shows, a show that you really like, Marvel Shield, uh, is. They spent fourteen million on the pilot, which reminds me of Lost. Well, the pilot they spent a ton of money on the pilot, and then they were able to tone it down for the rest of the shows. Well, so Agents of Shield, um, I don't know if the budget has anything to do with this, but I would imagine it kind of coincides. So the the very beginning of the season was really huge, and then it kind of died down for the first season and a half. It was not that good of a show as far as. 
um, you know, action and keeping me interested, etc. Mm-hmm. I did watch it and continue to watch it because I like it. I like the characters. Yeah. But after then, like uh, second season and third season, uh, third season especially, it has gotten much, much better. So I would be willing to bet that the budget has probably increased. Uh, yes, definitely. So other shows, uh, the cost House of Cards cost a hundred million dollars to make the first two seasons, three point eight million per episode. So that's Daredevil's really expensive. Not even, I haven't seen any of those. Well, they have a lot of big name actors that they have to pay. So it's not sets; it's actors. It's well, it's both. I mean, the sets look amazing. They probably film it in Washington D.C. And when you film on location, sometimes it costs way more money than you know filming in L.A. So right. Mad Men is two and a half million dollars per episode. The Walking Dead is two point seven five. Uh, so that's just a bunch of you know shows to compare. But um, no, you're there's going to be right. three more of these shows, all with the same sort of production quality, and then a mini series kind of you know ramping it all up. Well, I am I am so totally enthralled with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. There's only a little bit of it that I don't like very much. Even the network shows. Uh, as you're saying, don't have as big of a budget, have been really good. And and they all exist in the same universe, and they all tie together. And the things that they're saying in the show are, you know, they're giving things to fans. And that's so great about the the uh, MCU, right? Uh, is that it's just like, uh, we're, we're fans of Doctor Who, and Doctor Who will always throw a bone to all the old fans, um, you know, so this is, and then every once in a while they do the fiftieth anniversary special, which is like you know a whole steak. And there's spins, spinoffs of Doctor Who, like Torchwood, etc. So or Torchwood. So, so uh, keep in mind the fact that in Marvel everything is basically a spinoff, and so this multiplies. Yeah, it all you know is based in one universe. It's a giant multiplier effect of of like fanboys, and uh, I'll be honest. I mean, this is obviously the most violent. Um, of all of the Marvel movies uh, or TV shows. Are they all going to be in this vein on the Netflix ones, you think? Well, there's no way to... Netflix is very private about all of this. There's there's like no spoilers yet at all for AKA Jessica. Um, what is is it, Jessica Iron Fist going to be next or Jessica Jones going to be next? No idea. Okay. And then, uh, you know, the, uh, the group that you were talking about, which is what? The, the Defenders. Defenders. Is kind of like... Um, it's a, like sort of B-sides like... Kind of like, uh, what's his face? It's like Guardians of the Galaxy, Guardians of the Galaxy. being a B-side to the Avengers. Yeah. Uh, and we all know that the B-side sometimes is better. Well, the, the comic relief is better. Like, you kind of feel for the characters because they're not unbeatable, invincible. Yeah, I mean, we haven't seen Avengers 2 yet, but I think we both like Guardians of the Galaxy more than Avengers. Mm. Avengers is really fun as an action movie, but Guardians of the Galaxy is maybe a better movie, in my opinion. Just because it's uh, more fun. I don't know. I just watched it again the other day. They're both very I'm probably close. a little bi- biased. They're both very close, but I still think that Guardians of the Galaxy is the best Marvel movie. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, if you agree with me, that's great. But the Avengers is the reason why those movies are are better in general is because more people know the characters. Yes, so it takes that. You identify. You have the history. 
Now, maybe as Guardians of the Galaxy and, and Daredevil like mature a little bit more, yeah. you're going to have more of a feeling of like, interconnectedness with the characters. But, man, when you have guys like Iron Man, who did Iron Man 1, 2, and 3, right. you've got Captain America, did Captain America 1 and 2. Well, if you have a whole TV series for four different characters that you like, and then those four TV series combine into one... Yeah. I mean that's going to be pretty. That's going to be a pretty big deal when Defenders comes out. They have eight episodes, and it's going to be sweet. We'll see. I mean, we didn't really read comic books uh, that much when we were growing up. So, uh, to be honest, like I'm not even sure who is in the Defenders. I don't want you to tell me if you do know because this it's guy, those, those this guy series. reads spoilers, <laughs> not on purpose. So please don't tell me. Um, but I'm looking forward to uh, to watching all those shows on Netflix. And like you said. If those budgets are all the same, that means that we're going to get that same kind of feel of this cinematic universe. In fact, much more of a movie-like quality than they have on regular network television. Because mm-hmm. I, I like S.H.I.E.L.D., but S.H.I.E.L.D. is definitely very much a network television show. Yes, that's one of the things that sort of pushed me away from it. It's like you were saying, it started out in the first 10 episodes or so were kind of weak. Mm-hmm. They were very... TV, like, major network style. And I get it. I mean, they're on the network. They have to be of the network. I mean, it's it how it is. And and the network has to ultimately agree to put them on air. So When you have someone like Netflix who gives you a whole season, you can do whatever you want. Here, here's one of the reasons why they're able to do this, okay? All of the series are going to take place in Hell's Kitchen. So they already have all the sets. They're already in the same spot. They don't have to create a new world for each... Uh, you know, each person. Yeah, I get it. And then the settings are already familiar and everything. Anyways, uh, let's... I, I love how they're all on separate, like, uh, networks, like, uh, separate groups. It's kind of it's kind of crazy yeah. how... Well, I think all these are on Netflix, but yeah. Like, no, all no. the Defender series. Yes. Well, I don't know, because I don't know who's in the Defenders. Uh, although, maybe I do, sort of, now. Um, <laughs> but... It's not... It's, it's the name of the show. It's not going to be a spoiler. Well, you told me that the, the different shows that were going to be on there were going to be in the group, which uh, I don't want as a spoiler. Yeah, but as the Avengers, you knew that it was going to be all the movies that, you know, TV from shows. the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I know when the Avengers came out, it wasn't a spoiler who the Avengers were. All really. right, I think we need to change the what we refer to Netflix shows as. We can no longer call them TV shows because they're not. Okay, what are they? Well, you have referred to them, and so have I, many times as movies. And that's... Okay. And and I don't think they are like TV shows because... They're making if, this like a 13-hour movie. If you watch a TV show, then you have to wait. Right. Or you're watching it late, or whatever. But Well, at least it has breaks in it, where you can wait, if you want... I think, but I guess you could find the right spot in a movie to just pause it. I, I'm just saying, I think that there will be another term for this kind of dump of TV shows because episodes. It's, it's not a TV show. It's not on TV. I watch it on my TV. <laughs> you can watch it on your tablet, on your phone, on soon on your watch. But I can watch my TV on all those places too. I don't call my TV something else because of that. Well, the TV shows are on a network, though. They're... Look, it's a legacy name. I don't think that we're going to shake it. That's all. Well, we don't think a lot of things. I don't know. We were just talking about the future a little while ago. <laughs> we learned that we don't know much about it. That's accurate. 
But let's move on. Uh, okay, so um, we see a guy get killed in the interview room that was basically just Matt showing off, apparently, to us. Showing that he can uh, listen to whatever the hell he wants at any time. And it's always like the right conversation. But hey, it's a movie, as they say. Um, I'm going to find that name for it. <laughs> it's somewhere in between movie and TV show. You know this to be true. Something in between. <laughs> it's a webisode. It's not. Uh, so there's the whole storyline with Mrs. Cardenas, Cardenas and she <clears throat> has a horrible uh, landlord who's screwing her over. By the way, I live in squalor. I know more than just a little bit of Spanish <clears throat> from high school, and I don't think that 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 plot is being entirely accurate. By just giving, you know, uh, giving her the ability to translate all of what she's saying based on the fact that she had Spanish in high school. I think that's pretty silly. <laughs> is it? Did she just say that she had Spanish in high school? Yeah. Is it? However, uh, she was speaking in Spanglish. So I guess I kind of, because she was like. She was like something about cigars. Well, because she's like in my apartment, you know, blah, blah, blah. In right. Spanish. Right. So, and to be fair, all the words she said were very basic. She's like, the agua, you know. the Right, like I could sort of follow it. And I haven't had Spanish in like 12 years. All right, I'll, I'll give it to her. 15 I've, years. I've, I've taken my opinion back. But what I was saying is, if... I just thought that whole conversation was funny. Because you remember what happened with Foggy? Um, he's like, well, if you need you to, you need me to translate in uh, Swahili. In Swahili, it's fine, no worries. <laughs> and then at the end of the conversation, of course, you know, Matt just talked to her in fluent Spanish because yes, because he, he can speak Spanish because he knew it the whole time because he's never going to reveal anything of him to anyone else because you can get the heart rate monitor, the built-in heart rate monitor. Yeah, that's a good point. So you don't want to be like uh, exposing something of yourself when you can figure out if the person is actually uh, telling the truth or not. Yeah, although, you know, he was doing that at one point with the uh, the cop that he had tied up at the end of the, the next episode. Yeah. And he listens in for the to see if the guy's lying, and the guy's pulse is going crazy. But it's because he's in a really fucked up situation. So I don't know that, you know, I, I think, like... Well, we have to make our own judgments. I still think he made the right call. He has to and make realize his own that the judgments. guy wasn't lying. But I don't know how to tell when he can realize if they're lying or not. Even though it, they sort of indicate that he uses the pulse to figure it you out. You just have to judge based on his experience of like thirty whatever years that he's been alive. Uh, well, I guess minus but, the you know, twenty years of being blind. Yeah. So, so twenty years of of being able to. I just here. want to meet his Mr. Miyagi. I will meet him, I think. Or her. His Ra's al Ghul. Look, eventually, every single time there's a comic book series, there is someone who is trained. You need to tell the origin story within the comic book series. Well, not origin story, but the training years. Well, training years are usually very close to an origin story. Origin story generally means like where you got your powers from. From training. I suppose you're right because whoever whoever it was that directed him and and guided him after his dad died is the person that he owes everything to and probably looks up to the most. Yes, that's what I would think. So I look forward to it as well. It, it we haven't seen it yet. I mean, 
there's there's only seven episodes left in the season. Probably in the next couple, I would imagine they want to put it like in the middle or or end of the middle or something like that. Right, right. We'll probably get like an eight nine. It needs to be stressed. No, knowing our luck, it'll be seven eight. Yeah, seven eight's just going to be origin story. Why not? That'd be fun. Well, uh, we'll just do like six episodes. We're like yeah, seven to thirteen, no problem. We'll just do all of them. <laughs> uh, so Fisk <laughs> we, we is help on. Ourselves. Another date, and he's super creepy, right? Like, just the whole time he's on a date, it's just he's acting incredibly awkward. Yeah, but his his girlfriend now, but she kind of digs that. loves it. Yeah, she because really digs it. She was probably wanting power the whole time. Like she was telling a story about how you know one of the people that picked her up at the art gallery, they were using a line about uh, I forget exactly what it was. But it was obviously like a... We'll it, buy all the paintings so yeah. you don't have to work anymore. So it was like, I have money, blah, blah, blah. And so she's into this power thing. And yeah. you know she's never been with somebody that like suddenly the entire restaurant were guards of you. Yeah, that was pretty weird. Like she knew at that point that she was dating someone now that was above and beyond anyone she has ever been with before. And she was telling him at the beginning of the second date that... She was with a prince. Right. And this is even better than that. Oh, yeah. Like, he's got that beat. She didn't even know. She was probably surprised, and she's probably never surprised. Well, they have the Fight Club scene at the end, right? You know the scene at the end of Fight Club when they're just standing there watching all the buildings blow up? Mm -hmm. That's what they do at the end of the date. Right. He's, like, revealing all these things about his power. He's like, yeah, I I sometimes have to hurt people. But it was to uh, uh, where is my, my mind, mind by the Pixies? Yeah, uh, and it's just everything's blowing up. But yeah, that's what they pulled at the end of that when he had the. Well, I think that was the end of that. Yeah, it was the end of episode five when everything blows up, and then episode six is just like the whole fallout from that. It's the kind of thing that makes me like this show, though, because like. That kind of thing, just the whole city blowing up and a series of explosions that were previously planned out by the Cabal based on backstabbing one certain group of members that used to be in the Cabal, that's like an entire storyline for a regular TV show. This is episode six. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, these guys... The and pe- in the background of the episode the whole time is like the whole plan to throw Vladimir off until they can really set him up. There's a lot of stuff going on here. Oh, yeah, the whole time. And TV shows are not normally this complicated at the very beginning of them. They don't have this many layers, that's for damn sure. Like, think about something like Breaking Bad. Like, this is like third season Breaking Bad. Um... Yeah, in terms of like the layers, I mean, there was a lot of that in the first season, but it was also a bit. It was more straightforward. Breaking Bad was. It's a build up to like all of these like crisscrosses of relationships, and they have faith that everyone is gonna follow what's going on. That people will watch it close enough to not get lost. So you're to your point in previous uh, episodes of TV Soup, we've been discussing Daredevil. You brought up a couple times, I think, that the fact that. Uh, that this show is different from other regular TV shows because it is on Netflix. They are able to interweave the whole Monster of the Week thing or get rid of it entirely and have more of an overarching storyline the whole time. Right. Like, it felt like they were going to do that again in Episode 5 when they have the whole thing with the Those Ms. two Cardenas. are basically just con- to be continued. There's and then no... it just, yeah, and then it just got... Ho- 
you know, they get blown up and the story totally changes. There's no resolution. And it's a large part of it. And they had a really cool scene in the hospital in episode, it, was it episode five or six? Which one? It doesn't matter. Um, when Foggy and Karen get to the hospital and then Claire is there and Claire helps them with Miss Cardenas. And then you see the administrator of the hospital, one of Ben's friends. Uh, and they're all just kind of all interacting with each other. There was that must have been a fun scene for them to write because they were able to uh, cross all these storylines without actually um, doing it in a very realistic way. It's not as cheesy as uh, when Game of Thrones had Podrick and Brienne just now. Uh, you know, spoilers up to aired things <laughs> from like a couple weeks ago. Uh. But anyways, you know, two people are sitting by a campfire and the person they're talking about goes past them in a wagon, you know, and they have no idea. Right. That sort of thing. This is, this feels a lot more organic and it's cool that they can actually interact too. It's old school storytelling combined with new school storytelling combined with giant budgets and explosions, which is the ultimate. It's incredibly deep. The ultimate equation for. Especially for a. Something out of the Marvel Cinematic Universe because the only TV show format you have to compare it to is Agents of Shield, which is very much a network show. Well, you have Drew Goddard now like teaming up with JJ uh, Abrams and like these guys that are friends. So they talk. They probably already know like the next like five years. They of just this sit stuff. around and have a few drinks, and they're like, "What if these two superheroes met?" Let's do it. There's a house that, they, and they're like, "I'll get two hundred million. There's a house that they call the 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 MCH, the Marvel Cinematic House, where they just draw all over the walls of it, and they go there like every couple of weeks. Oh, cool! And they have, um, it's not it doesn't actually exist. I'm just saying. Uh, well, I don't know. Don't ruin my dream. I'm, I'm saying I'm I had po- a great visual. I'm positing its existence. Uh, I think the fact that these guys are all friends, and these guys are all new actors, and new directors and new producers that have been empowered with the ability to take something that was so beloved by so many people and turn it into like this big budget, like high production value uh, piece of art. Do- I know they're doing such a good job. They're not just amazing. churning them out in order to make a lot of money on them and move on to the next thing. These are the best people that could possibly have been involved in this venture right now. Kevin Feige, the um, grandmaster of Marvel... The Marvel, uh, like, Marvel Films, he's, I guess it he's is. He's got to be enjoying himself right is, now. You know, he's really doing a good job with all this stuff. Yes, he is. Um, so, like I said, uh, the transition between these two episodes was so cool. Uh, they did a great job. And that's something that is an element of television shows. They leave you on a cliffhanger. This show doesn't always have to do that because you can just move on to the next one. But it also needs to, you know, when it switches to the screen that says, you know, back to browse or play the next episode, you got to want to click that button. And, of course, like when you're just standing there and Matt is about to be handcuffed by the police, you have to click that button. I... I I don't always watch these uh, in succession. I was really glad I was able to watch five and six like that. That was uh, that was a must do. So uh, we go back to Ben. I did the same thing, really. Yeah. So we, um, well, Matt gets away. Of course, he beats up a bunch of cops who are clearly not good cops. They're guys who were 
gonna kill them all. You know, they weren't gonna let them away. Let them, up. you know, so take what, them in for processing. What are the important things that we can gather from episode six? From episode six, um, well, it's kind of a resolution of what happened. Now, obviously, uh, Fisk has made him sort of an enemy to the people, and. We'll see how long that actually lasts. Like Batman, like Spider Man, like a lot of right. comic book heroes, he he's going to be in uh, uh, viewed in a bad light because the the villain has sort of laid it out that way. Exactly. So in order for him to come into a good light, he's either going to have to uh, come into like public view. Yeah. Or change his brand. Or he's going to have to do things that are uplifting. like He needs to publicly save someone or something like that. Yeah, and like like Spider-Man, Spider-Man would do it for himself. Peter Parker would take pictures of himself. Yeah. Like, like saving someone. Yeah. Which was the, like the ultimate in vanity, you know, really. <laughs> um, but Daredevil doesn't care about that. So, so Matt Murdock, he doesn't care about... Um, Looking good in the public eye, he he doesn't care about anything. He doesn't care about if he has to live in squalor. He he has this kind of uh, this very like honesty, um, you know, upstanding citizen thing that he has to deal with. I think he like I think he tries to stick to it so much because he saw that his dad compromised. He compromised his morals, and it he will never kill. So he will never compromise. Well, he kind. I don't know if he does or not when he, you know, wears the mask. The because he threw a guy off a roof, like he can't know that that's not going to kill someone. No, he he mentioned that in the episode. I know he's like he's in a coma. I didn't kill him. I I think right. he he writes it off every time. He just says, "Look, the guy didn't die." We should we should change it from he he doesn't know he's going to kill to he hasn't killed anybody. That's true. So he hasn't actually had to deal with those thoughts of killing someone because he's never killed someone. And so he's never had to walk that ledge, you know? Yeah. Um, and if he does, and I think he will probably at some point, because, I mean, building it up so much makes it so you kind of have to do that in this TV program. Uh-huh. Uh, just so that you can have that emotional uh, meltdown that will occur afterwards. Right. Does, does he become psycho or does he, you know, like go some other way? I mean... You would think that if he's going to kill one person and it's Daredevil and like uh, everyone's against him and blah, 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 and he's trying to find Fist, like maybe he'll kill everyone. He'll like kill 15 people at once or something and then he'll just be sad for a while. Yeah. I don't want like a sad episode though, you know, where it's just like Matt sitting there all sorry for himself. It could be like <laughs> an off season. He's on a merry-go-round with the sad pony. <laughs> Holding cotton candy, <laughs> crying. Oh, <laughs> Foggy's calling him, but he's not answering. <laughs> no, I don't see that happening. He's like, well, I get, I guess I get to date the pretty girl by default. But I do think he will kill someone, and there will be consequences because they won't build it up this much if they're not going to pay it off. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, like I said, this episode, the second one, was kind of just a. A way to wrap up all of the things. Uh, Matt does eventually learn the name of the money guy. Um, what's his face? Leland Owsley. Okay. And, you know, it, it is interesting how he keeps trying to 
get Vladimir to be on his side to help him. And Vladimir just keeps beating the crap out of him. But it doesn't affect Matt that much. And every time, Vladimir winds up a little closer to dead. I love him. I love him at the end, too, where like he's like, yeah, I'll hold him off, basically. Right. He's like, I am done. I'm not going to run away Well, anymore. he ends up trusting Matt. Yeah. You know, he ends up realizing that he actually is, you know, a person that's looking out for the things that he wanted, which is revenge. It doesn't mean that, uh, you know, Vladimir's a good guy. But right. it, it does mean... Like, as always happens in these comic book stories, that, because they always say the same things like, you are just, you are just like me, you know? Well, they're pretty, you know, they're not wrong. Because they are. Yeah. Until something corrupts them, you know, um, they they are all just vigilantes, you know? Basically, they're they're looking for, to, to right someone's wrong, and then they realize that they're beating up people, and they realize they can profit from it, and they turn into a crime boss. Right. So, I do like seeing that whole story of the Russians because I kind of liked the like Russian brothers that wanted to take over Hell's Kitchen. Like, I want to see that show. <laughs> <laughs> well, that show ended a little early. Well, it's it's pretty much Grand Theft Auto Five now in stores. If you would like to purchase oh, it, oh, dude, it would totally be like the story of Vladimir and Anatoly, like when they first get to Hell's Kitchen. Well, Grand Theft Auto Daredevil, like. They would be idiots to not try to partner with Marvel. They would. At this point. They would totally use Hell's Kitchen, Grand Theft Auto Hell's they Kitchen. They would be idiots not to try to tr- to to partner with Marvel at this point and create Grand Theft Auto Daredevil. Yeah, I would buy that. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah, driving around Hell's Kitchen, like getting Fisk is like a voice actor and like Vincent D'Onofrio. Oh man, it would be amazing. Yeah, <laughs> Daredevil will occasionally come down. Your and- last mission is like Fisk <laughs> approaching you. To join the organization. Oh, very nice. Uh, so, obviously, we're both very pumped about these shows. What do you uh, think? Has have they been getting better? Uh, did you think that you know it started off really strong? I think and they're coasting. I think they're getting more um, plot oriented rather than uh, whatever's going on. So, when they first started the show, uh, we had to be introduced to Foggy and Nelson. Uh, Foggy and I'm Matt. sorry, yeah, Foggy and Murdoch, um, the the lawyer business. You know, I had to be introduced to the main characters that we now know as right. Claire and, and uh, Karen and Karen. So we had to go through those motions, and now that we're through the motions, I think every single episode is just going to be a continuation of the plot, and they don't even care really where they leave off. Yeah, I don't think they will. I think that they're just going to, you know, an hour after an hour of storytelling, they're going to leave off again. Because or 52 minutes, 45 minutes, whatever they do. Don't get me wrong. I mean, they'll be cliffhangers, but they're they're natural cliffhangers because it's a long-term story. It's a way to tell a story, arc. yeah. So, Nobody writes a story that's one chapter and 500 pages. That's so a run-on sentence. So I, I love Reddit. Right? I'm a big Redditor. And uh, I, earlier today, I saw and I, and I went and read... The entire thing, which is crazy because it was long as fuck. What thing? Uh, I read Raiders of the Lost Ark, um, a transcription of the conversation between Spielberg and Lucas and another person. Oh, I saw uh, that post. I did not read any of it. About how they were going to make up the story and what the characters should be and like what things should happen. It was literally like... The birth uh, of Indiana Jones. 
Yes. It, no, it literally was. It yeah. literally was the birth of all of it, everything. And it's a transcription, a real transcription of like tape recordings. They just recorded themselves talking. Of yeah. their conversation. And it was amazing. And I was so transfixed that I read the entire thing. So I literally saw like how they went from like the mines to the caves and like like there's a there's a villain and he's probably Asian and he's probably large and there's probably tattoos and I'm like and they're like yeah the guy he could be a doctor or like or maybe maybe he has a bullwhip like I don't know the bullwhip and, and who uses a bullwhip like well bullwhips are cool like you know like like this conversation that happens between these guys that are very learned uh, individuals about the industry but. It was so fun to to watch that, and uh, I kind of I kind of feel the same way about this because this isn't just Daredevil written for the first time as like a broadcast media. This is a bunch of guys that know what they're doing already, and are good at what they do, and have a big budget to do things. Mm-hmm. And they're taking something that was just a comic book, um, and I say just a comic book. Well, that was its original media uh, medium. And what it was... I think both of those words are accurate. No, media is plural. Uh, so I, I think that they've really done well at, at, at like you know pushing it up to a higher level, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I remember my original point. Should, <laughs> should I say that, that I think that, uh, that Daredevil has... Done a good job in the past couple episodes, and I hope it continues to do so, of not worrying about one thing per episode, but instead just trying to um, tell the story. Yes, and they're doing a wonderful job at that. And I, too, hope that they continue, and I expect it to continue. Well, I can't wait. We're soon going to be watching, I guess, uh, episodes 7 and 8, right? Yeah, and one of the things that drives me to get these done is that I get to watch more afterwards (laughs) because we've made the agreement that we won't watch ahead uh, so that we can accurately speculate on things. True. And, or I should say faithfully speculate. And unfortunately, you know, uh, there aren't too many left. Well, we have more than 50% to go still. So there's that, but there'll be more. Well, the last one is just the finale. There's going to be a daredevil season two. They've already announced that. Yep. When does that start? So that'll be next year. Same I'm time sure. next year. Uh, maybe not the same time, but well, you know what I would like if if Netflix started releasing films uh, or not films. I keep saying every time I talk about Netflix, I talk about movies. That's why we <laughs> we it's, you do too. That's why we need to change the name. I don't know. I watch TV shows on Netflix way more than movies. We watch the old TV, the shows that were on TV, right? But I think the Netflix originals shouldn't be called. TV or movies, I think they should have like a new name. Well, that's what I was saying fine. earlier. That's fine. Not but they that, call they call things originals that aired like in Britain and stuff like that. Just stuff that they have exclusive rights to. No, no, no. I mean, I mean because of the fact that it's all released at once. Yeah, it's it, a, it's a different kind of right. of. Uh, yeah. Well, that's another show. Yep. Anyways. um... I think we're, we can wrap it up. Well, let's wrap it up. Stop. So uh, next week we'll watch episodes 7 and 8 of Daredevil. 
Uh, we'll be on either Tuesday or Wednesday, probably. Maybe Tuesday into Wednesday, like tonight. I don't know. I can't see. There's, there's like buildings blowing up everywhere right now. <laughs> uh, so, you know, making sure you join us next week. Check us out on iTunes. Subscribe to our podcast. Give us a review. Uh, reviews are great. They're helpful for everyone involved. Uh, go to our website, drink5.com. You can get all of our stuff there. You can follow us on Twitter at Drink5. Check us out on Stitcher. Go to facebook.com slash drink5network and like us there. And uh, where else can people find us? Because there's a million places, really. All this stuff. I mean, I'll be honest. If, if you don't know how to find us, just go to Google and just type in drink 5 Drink F I V E one word and we will come up right away, no problem. I like that. And uh, we'll see you guys on the other side. It gives us legitimacy. <laughs> <laughs>